The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. It is a dynasty show on a Thursday morning. But, of course, we had the big news yesterday, and we'll get Heath Cummings' thoughts on that. We're going to look at Heath's dynasty rankings, see who's on the rise, see who is dropping. Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers were back-to-back in the dynasty rankings uh, before just a few days ago. Things have changed quite a bit in the last week. So we'll see where they are and then much, much more. Welcome, Heath. How you doing? Uh, you missed Tyreek Hill yet? Uh, no, I don't miss him yet. There's, um, listen, I've in the last 24 hours, I've heard the Chiefs have reached out on DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and LaVisca Chenault. So you get any of those three, I think you're fine. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I think it was a, a great, great act of uh, sabotage or subterfuge, however you want to describe it, for the Raiders to do what they did with Devontae Adams. Not only do they get Devontae Adams, but they cost the Chiefs Tyreek Hill. It was a brilliant gamesmanship, and who you would expect it. It's the Patriots' way. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Didn't think about that. Uh, Heath, by the way, is... I'm not sure he's having such a great day. One of his uh, uh, word puns that he used on Twitter yesterday was just terrible. So like three days ago. Oh, was it three days ago? Well, it's been yeah. a bad week. It was, so, it was that bad. Uh, what was it again? Um, well, what happened was, because I saw the Cortland Sutton video with Russell Wilson... And it was, everybody was getting all excited and whatever. And I thought about doing the rocket ships, but then I thought it was like, it's not court land, it's court takeoff because he's getting ready to take off. And then court takeoff didn't sound right. And so I went, I think court ascend um, yeah, instead court, of court land. Terrible. No, it didn't, it didn't work. Yeah, that's okay. You gotta, <laughs> but you know, shooters shoot. <laughs> yeah, you keep shooting. Jamie's here too. Jamie just laughed. Hey, Jamie. Hey. All right. So Jamie and I did a 30 minute podcast yesterday after the Tyreek Hill trade. <laughs> 30-minute bonus podcast. Heath. It was long. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts. What's What changed in your rankings? It, it's another one of those situations like the Devontae Adams leaving Aaron Rodgers, like the Lockett and DK losing Russ, but Judy and Sutton gaining him. Um, it's another one of those situations where we find out like how big a factor was the quarterback versus how big of a factor was the wide receiver. Um. I struggled initially with the Dolphins' projections getting Waddle and or Tyreek into my top 20 um, in redraft because, like, how good is Tua going to be? Top 20, though. Wow. So did you really not rank him in the top 20? No, I've got I've got uh, Tyreek at 14th now and <laughs> Waddle at 23rd. Um, but I, I assume that's going to be low on them. And maybe, like, I've moved Tua up to 15th. Maybe he'll be a top 12 quarterback and make it possible, but I still don't I don't think this offense, and that's the other thing. Maybe Mike McDaniel is going to go and just not do anything resembling what the, the 49ers did when he was there. 
and he's going to throw the ball 620 times and then it would all work out fine and it'd be no problem for those two guys so 14 right now for tyreek hill yes jamie did you settle on a ranking for him uh, i haven't updated it yet but like i said yesterday he'll be probably around eight um you know i i think as i told you tyreek hill will probably have some debo samuel to his game um, some of what he saw early in his career when he was doing some things out of the backfield, not to the same extent like Debo did clearly, but um, a little bit more of that because I think Mike McDaniel realizes they don't make this move to not put the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can. So I, I think you got to, you know, you referenced the Alex Smith season. You know, those stats feel somewhat similar to me. You know, 75 catches, you know, 1,100 yards in that range, uh, probably eight touchdowns, you know. So I think he's still a back-end number one wide receiver. Um and then for Waddle, probably somewhere where Heath has him. You know, I, I think you know right around twentieth is is safe. I, I think a little bit higher in PPR than non PPR. Um, it's just it, it's it's there's going to be elements of the 49ers offense. I just don't think it's going to be the same. Uh, I don't know if they can have that same sort of um, approach in this conference in this division. You know, and be successful because of how they're going to have to score with some of these other teams. So. I, and I don't think they have the run game yet. You know, I, I don't trust Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert to do what the 49ers backfield has typically done because, you know, you have to take time to implement that system and, and the offensive line is just not as good. So I think, you know, Tyreek loses, clearly. Um, Waddle loses, but I don't think you should, you know, necessarily run away from them too much. Okay. I do think it'll be interesting because we talked about it last year when teams took the deep ball away from the Chiefs. Tyreek just kind of completely changed as a, as a wide receiver. His dot plummeted um it was 14.8 in 2018 12.9 in 2019 and 2020 and then 10.4 last year and he turned into a high catch guy caught a 24 more passes than he'd ever caught in any season um i i would expect that we'll see more of that guy than the deep guy but i don't i don't know for sure mm-hmm so would you I mean, guys the rather 49ers have- offense has traditionally been the, the short area targets and then stuff after the catch they've got guys that can do that would you rather have Debo Samuel or Tyreek Hill? I think Debo. That that's you know where where I'm at because Debo's I think eight for me right now, so in the same range. Oh, let's and I yeah go ahead go ahead. I also I don't know because like Tyreek did a lot of running his first three years on the Chiefs and he's had eight to thirteen carries each of the last three years, but he has become very very um, contact averse. Over the last, like he goes out of bounds and goes out of his way to go out of bounds and not get hit. I don't know how well the Debo carries work with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean he's getting carries like Debo did. I, I just think he's going to be in the backfield a little bit more, kind of like what we saw in his rookie season. So as I said on this show yesterday, there'll be we'll see probably a few more jet sweeps. We'll see a few more bubble screens. We'll see a few more, you know, just different ways to get the ball because you have to do what Tua does best as well, which is not necessarily. You know, go five step, seven step drop, and and try and you know throw the ball down the field like Mahomes was doing with with Tyreek Hill. So, I, again, I can't imagine that they're making this move to not make easier plays for Tua. To your point, Heath, which you know we talked about yesterday, that's where I think the the 49ers offense comes into play is Mike McDaniel putting these players in space and allowing them to make plays that way. And so that's where I think Tyreek still has an opportunity because there probably aren't a lot of players better in space than him. The whole thing of Mike McDaniel came from the 49ers. He's going to run the 49ers offense. How much stock can we put into that? I, I don't I, like. It's just elements of it. Yeah. It's not the same. I know. But uh, for example, 
the Tennessee Titans led the NFL in rushing attempts, rush attempts last year. The Atlanta Falcons were 29th. And right. their, their head coach came from Tennessee. Matt LaFleur came from Tennessee, you know? So you can't, and they, and they they are, I guess, I don't know, they're probably kind of balanced, the Packers, in terms of run pass, but they're... No, so- it's, just, it's just elements. I mean, you know, and and I think you're, you're starting to see, you know, what the blueprint is for the for the Dolphins, you know, and it's not just bringing in Raheem Mostert, you know, and saying, okay, you're going to be the guy because you were the guy when we were successful in San Francisco. I think it's more along the lines of, okay, what was the the key of the 49ers offensive line? It was a strong left tackle on Trent Williams. Well, what did the Dolphins just go do? They overpaid essentially or paid, you know, a, a hefty price for Teron Armstead. And, and as you pointed out, Adam, the last 24 hours, you know, if he's healthy, he's one of the best in football, but is he healthy? you know, over the course of a 17-game season at this point in his career. You know, so now you're getting guys that are going to make plays in space to help your quarterback who ha- hopefully in year three takes the next step. And so, you know, Waddle, we expected to do that. And now we we know Tyree Kill can do that. You know, so, you know, you you go and you make the big investment in Tyree Kill. They, they make the commitment to keep Mike Gusecki, you know, so trying to have a strong tight end in play that can do some, some different things with the ball in his hands. You know, Sed Wilson could do, you know, a, a variety of things on the offense, play inside, play outside. You know, so you're, you're trying to just get playmakers around your quarterback. And so is it going to be San Francisco exactly the same wide zone? You know, Debo and, and Tyreek do the same things? No, you know, but but there'll be certainly elements of that. And so is it the same run-pass ratio? No. Is it going to be exact, you know, similar? Maybe. You know, I, I we don't know. We don't know what Mike McDaniel's plan is. Uh, it's similar to, you know, you, you referenced the Falcons. It's easy for Arthur Smith to have a run-heavy offense when you have the alien behind you in, in Derrick Henry. You know, you don't you don't go to that situation in Atlanta and say Mike Davis is that guy and Cordero Patterson, you know, becomes that guy. They're just they weren't going to do that. And so it's just different. Um, but I, I'm sure if Arthur Smith had his way, he would have had a, a power running game and, and run things similar because it was successful for the Titans. Yeah. All right. Heath, give me your thoughts on the Chiefs and where's where do you have Mahomes ranked right now? Uh, I dropped him to fourth for now. Um, that's in flux. We'll see. I, they're definitely going to get add someone else, whether it's in the draft or free agency or via trade. And so if they were able to go get Tyler Lockett, then he might, he'll be first or second probably. If it's somebody like Jarvis Landry, then he might stay in the third, fourth range. We'll just have to see. But he, yeah, top four. Kelsey ahead of Andrews? I move Kelsey ahead of Andrews, yes. Hardman or Juju? Juju over Hardman. Juju is where for you? Uh, top 20 for sure. Oh. Uh, High-end number two wide receiver. So you have him ahead of Waddle? I do. All right, so this was a big thing for you because we talked about this yesterday, and I think about, what was the poll results? I can I can check, but it was overwhelming. People liked Waddle ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster. But uh, what are your thoughts there, um, why you moved Juju into your top 20? I mean, I and I still have a third of the Chiefs' targets that I haven't distributed, so it's not even so much that I think they're not going to... Like, I've got room to add somebody else. I just, I think as it is right now, I don't know what the odds are that they're going to add somebody a lot better than Juju, and so I've got him... His, I bumped his targets up quite a bit. He's played at least 14 games three different seasons and finished as a top 25 wide receiver all three of those seasons. Um, so I think he's going to be a number two as long as he stays healthy and because I think the target share is going to be there and we have not seen him with a quarterback this good. Um, in fact, the last couple of years, we haven't seen him with a quarterback that's good at all. So I do think there's a possibility he just bounces back and, and gives you something similar to what he did the first couple of years of his career. 
I just really hope they use him on the outside because we've never seen him play with a t- with a middle of the field guy like Travis Kelsey. And just you know, reading the Athletic writing about this yesterday, they said you know Juju will be the primary slot guy, Hardman will play outside, and being the primary slot guy is one thing. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be there all the time. But I would love to see him play outside a lot because I. You know, Mahomes has to throw the ball outside. He can't just throw to Juju and Travis Kelsey over the middle of the field. He needs somebody on the perimeters. Jamie, have you given it any more thought, any any change, uh, any update on what you want to say about uh, the Chiefs receiving core? Yeah, they'll be close. Uh, I, I, Like I said, I, I don't know that Juju's better than Hardman. And and that says a lot because I just don't know where Juju's at at this point. You know, so I'm hopeful. Um, in a market that's gone crazy for receivers... I don't know if he really wanted to be in Kansas City and took maybe less money than he could have gotten elsewhere, but he didn't get very much when money's flying all over the place for that position. So I don't know what that tells you. If it was just, okay, I want to be in a great system with a great quarterback and trying to resurrect myself and get another you know, payday after the season, or this is just what Juju is bringing back now because of what he said the last couple of seasons in his his play. He's still young. He still has that potential, as, as Heath referenced. You know, uh, I think one of those seasons was just by him playing a full season and, and gathering numbers. Uh, in, in the in the year Ben came back from the shoulder injury, but or the elbow injury, excuse me. Um, but I, I I just don't know. I just don't know if if this is, you know, Hartman tweeted something earlier this offseason about um, you guys are all hating on me as a player or something to this effect. You do realize I've been behind essentially Tyree Kill and, and Travis Kelsey. Well, he doesn't have that anymore, you know. So is this his time to shine? And 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 this is part of the reason why the Chiefs made the move. You know, Heath referenced Tyler Lockett. I don't know if it's just going to be a, a rookie and maybe Marcos Valdez-Scantling because he's somebody that they seem to be interested in as well. Uh, that will change it as well. That would probably help Juju, you know, if it's if it's somebody along those lines as opposed to uh, a Tyler Lockett or a DK Metcalf or, or, or somebody like that. So we'll see. I don't think they're done. So I'll probably rank Juju a little bit more conservatively knowing that somebody else is going to be there. Uh, but he won't be far off from Harvard, Hardman for me. I, those guys will be very close, and I'll have Waddle ahead of both of them. Okay. It, last year, I mean... I gotta look up the slot percentages and stuff like that, but but the reason why it's hard for me to buy into Hardman right now, I mean, Byron Pringle, who's now on the Bears, Byron Pringle was playing a lot more than him and now producing him. He really became the third guy last year. He kind of left Hardman behind. So I don't know. Hard, Hardman so far has been nothing but hype, but it is a uh, it is but again an opportunity. You know, he, I'll, I'll see if I can figure it out where I have it. What he was when the games that. Tyreek Hill missed prior no, to that. I, I said uh, those four games in 2019, he had three good games. He had three games with, I think, at least 13 PPR fantasy points. Uh, but he had five or six targets in all four games, Nicole Hartman. Uh, Pringle, yeah. I mean, Pringle was playing in the slot, I guess. So so that doesn't really... So that's why he was playing ahead of Hartman, I suppose. Well, yeah, a little bit in the slot. And then late in the year, he played 35 there in week 18. Yeah, whatever. Um, no, I mean, he's kind of split about 50, 50 most weeks. Uh, but I guess, you know, that did give him an edge over Hardman in terms of ability to be on the field. Okay. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, we did a whole podcast on it yesterday. You can check it out. The madness continues. Don't miss a moment of the action on CBS, TBS, TNT, and true TV and download the March madness live app to watch every game anywhere, anytime live next week. What do we have for you? We have a, Mock Draft Monday. We'll talk about the mock draft that we did just a few days ago before the Tyreek Hill trade, but very good uh, post-free agency mock draft. Tuesday, wide receivers uh, with uh, 2021 rookie quarterbacks. So could we see big jumps from Darnell Mooney and uh, 
Christian Kirk now is with Trevor Lawrence. So, And Thursday, we'll have a projections update and some more of your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. By the way, that is the email address if you want to send your question in. Fantasyfootball at cbsi, the letter I, dot com. We have a question here in the chat from the Scrub Lords. Have you watched the Star Wars prequels yet, Adam? No, I haven't, but I did take a movie recommendation from Heath. And I watched Scream on Paramount Plus, the uh, the newest edition of Scream. It was good. It was good. I liked it. I guess it was kind of ridiculous, but it was good. I mean, what what did you ex- like? You've seen other Scream movies, right? Yes. <laughs> you know what genre it belongs to. Ridiculousness is is part of the plan. It was a movie that openly spoke about how bad every Scream movie has been since the first one. That was the whole point of this movie, is to make up for all of the other sequels. And it did a, it did a pretty good job, I guess. Clever in that what regard. Were there three originally? I think there were four. I'll double check on that. I know there were at least three, and they just got worse and worse. I mean, the first one is incredible. Great movie. You ever, you like the Scream, Jamie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the new one, but the original, yes. I think I was in eighth grade when that came out, seventh or eighth grade, and I was, yeah, they had four Screams, plus a TV series. Oh, no, Scream 6? Oh, that's a 2023 movie coming out. What? (laughs) Jeez. They're doing a sequel on the redo? I guess so. Uh, Anyway, uh, I I was afraid to answer the phone. After I saw Scream in theaters, I was like, such a wimp, but it terrified me. All right, let's do some news and notes. So the Rams want to sign Odell Beckham, who will not be ready for the start of the season, but he is also reportedly open to returning to Cleveland. So we'll see what happens with Beckham. So he hated Baker. Yeah, that was sort of the implication that he liked it there, just obviously didn't seem to be on the same page with Baker Mayfield. If he signs back with the Rams... Would that have a big impact on your rankings of Stafford or I, I know not Cup, but Stafford or Allen Robinson? I suppose Heath. I think Heath froze. Jamie, he's deep in thought. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, I'm pausing like every two seconds right now. I'm not sure what the problem is. I apologize. Uh, that is okay. Um, um, blurry. Heath, it would or? have an impact on Allen Robinson. It would have positive impact on Stafford, but. You know, it's 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 difficult to move Stafford probably higher than ninth for me. Um, you know, barring a Watson, you know, significant suspension more than just the six games that we're expecting at this point. So, and I don't see him, you know, getting past, um, you know, Russell Wilson for me at six or Mahomes at five. Go ahead, Blurry Heath. Yeah, I think that like the real problem for me would be Ellen Robinson um, because I don't know. And I don't really know what Robinson's going to be in this offense anyway with the way Cooper Cup dominated targets. And if Beckham's going to be coming back in the second half of the season and and destroying Robinson for the fantasy playoffs, um, maybe not, too. I mean, maybe Robinson would just be the number two when Beckham came back. But it would uh, give me some real concern about Robinson as a number three wide receiver. The Vikings signed pass rusher Zadarius Smith to a three-year, $42 million deal. Remember, just a couple of weeks ago, Smith agreed to a deal with the Ravens. And then... Von Miller went to the Bills. Chandler Jones went to the Cardinals. They made a ton of money. He said, oh, I want some of that, and went 
back to the free agent market. And now he signs a three-year, $42 million deal with the Vikings getting a much bigger annual salary than what he was being offered with the Ravens. The Patriots, or at least the initial one that he was offered. The Patriots signed cornerback Malcolm Butler to a two-year deal. He, you know, this is probably not a major signing here, but does get back one of their Super Bowl heroes. The 49ers signed Jeff Wilson, who missed the first nine weeks of the season. And when he came back, he wasn't very good, and Elijah Mitchell was dominating carries, but Mitchell missed some time. Jamie, I know you have, I think you have Mitchell as a bust. Do you think we should have Wilson as a sleeper? Uh, it, it goes in line with what their track record has been under Kyle Shanahan. You know, like I said, I spoke to Trey Sermon um, on Monday, and he's aware of it, you know, so I don't know if it's something that these guys talk about, that there's been a different leading rusher every year in Kyle Shanahan's tenure with the 49ers. And so could Jeff Wilson be that guy? You know, I was excited about Wilson last season, you know, prior to the draft and, and even looking at him as a sleeper coming back from his knee injury, you know, that he was going to make a midseason impact. And clearly that didn't happen. But we know what he was at the end of the 2020 campaign. He was amazing for fantasy managers and amazing for the 49ers. But I think it's more of a depth situation. I think, honestly, this is probably good for Mitchell and for Sermon that, you know, you're bringing back somebody that is aware of the system but may not be better than the two guys who are there. So, you know, I don't necessarily look at this as a net negative. I think it's kind of just a wash. There was always going to be a third guy to some degree. Okay. And but I, I wouldn't have a problem taking a late round pick on him. You know, if you if you have a deep bench, just to see what happens, especially in in the early part of training camp and preseason. And Ronald Jones visited Kansas City. I, I, at some point, we'll get into Clyde Edwards Eler, but we got to talk dynasty. But I just wanted to bring up Clyde Edwards Eler. Just kind of a fun stat. He actually in non PPR averaged more fantasy points per game. Clyde Edwards Eler did than Javante Williams. And in full PPR, he was only point two points per game behind Javante Williams. And that was with Clyde leaving at least two games early with injuries. So uh, he was, I think, probably a little bit better than people remember. And uh, I think right now looks like value. But we shall see. No Jarek McKinnon right now. No Daryl Williams. They, they it, need some help in the backfield. It's all about who shares with him. And I think Jones would be, like, for his sake, the perfect candidate. Because Jones is one of the backs in the NFL. I don't think we have to worry about taking Clyde off the field on passing downs. Will he do it at the goal line, though? They just have not given him that work. Last year, Darrell Williams had 14 carries inside the five. He was the only player with more than two for the Chiefs. Oddly enough, in 2020... Clyde Edwards either had nine carries inside the five, and he was the only player with more than two. But uh, remember, that I think like four of them were in week one, right? Three or four, back to back to back to back. It kept getting stuffed. Well, if they don't do a good job of replacing Tyreek Hill, there might be a lot more carries inside the five available as well because yeah, they, they I, I use him on a lot of that tricky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, the, the creativity maybe changes a little bit and hopefully benefits CH just enough. What do you guys think about this nickname from Joseph Boros? Miami Dolphins, fastest show on surf. Uh, I don't know if Joseph is the one that came up with it, but I did see that making the rounds yesterday. Um, I like they're fast. it. <laughs> they're where, definitely fast. Where do you good. think the like? What's the current perception on where the Dolphins are going to like? Where does their offense rank, and where does their record rank at the end of the year? I had a lot of conversations with some people yesterday about this. You know, so you start to stack them up to the AFC West teams, right? And you probably assume. I mean, I don't know. I did this a little bit yesterday. Right. You know, you, you probably assume that. Everybody but the Raiders has an edge, and I would give the Raiders the edge too. I'm just saying, like you yeah. know, perception. Um, 
The AFC North, which is loaded again, you know, quarterbacks certainly got better across the board there, um, unless you're considering Trubisky a downgrade. But that's, I think, where you, you start to look is, you know, is Baltimore better? Cleveland, you would say, is better. Cincinnati, you definitely say is better, right? Yeah. You know, so Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you know, they're in the conversation. The AFC South, I mean, the top two teams are, are, are certainly on par, if not better, with the Titans and the Colts. And then you go in their own division. Buffalo, I think, is better. They beat the Patriots twice, so I probably give them the edge over the Patriots at this point. But I, I mean, I don't know if this nec- this is a, it's just a strange move because you know you usually make this type of transaction when you're we are right there. You know, we we it's the same thing with the Raiders. You know, you're right there to 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 being a Super Bowl team. And I don't know if I mean Tua's got to take a huge leap for them to be a Super Bowl team. Well, and it's like the exact opposite thing on the Chiefs side. That's why it was like one of the weirdest trades. Like the Chiefs, a contender. And I guess it's not that dissimilar from the Raiders trade because the Raiders gave up two picks for Devontae Adams and they're probably not going to make a huge leap. Um, but yeah, it's a really weird trade. The Dolphins, by the way, I hope this is correct, but it seems as though the AFC East will face the AFC North and the NFC North. So they will have probably a tough schedule. And, you know, because... They had two playoff teams in the AFC East from last year to deal with, and then you got the, as Jamie was just saying, the AFC North is loaded. The NFC North is not not the, you know, it's not the best. I mean, it's, it's not better than facing the AFC West and the NFC West. It, it is, it is right. Um, wait, it's better than, yes, but you still have to play the Packers and the Vikings. It's, it could be worse, but it could be better. Um, and then their 17th game will be an opponent from the NFC West. So who finished third place in the NFC West last year? Seattle, uh, Arizona. No, they were last. I've, I've oh, got Arizona. Right here. Right, so I have to face, so, face Arizona. Yeah, they do play the the Packers, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Browns, um, the Texans. They got the Texans, ah. so that's nice. Um, if they get the Chargers, uh, if Chargers, they get the Packers yeah. early in Florida, as we saw last year, that was a tough game for Green Bay mm. when they played in Jacksonville to open the season. Um, you don't want to be playing in Green Bay. In the winter, for that team, they get the Chargers. I assume Heath, the Chargers and the 49ers both. Oh yeah, it's not an easy schedule. Okay, let's move on because I'm sorry. It's just every time we're have we're supposed to do dynasty, something derails us. Tyreek Hill gets traded. I guess we could let's talk about that. Where do you did you move him and Mahomes in dynasty? Uh, Mahomes wow. didn't quite move in dynasty. Uh, very but much closer to Josh Allen than he was, and it, like I wouldn't argue with somebody that wanted to put Allen ahead of him, but I'd still have him ahead of Herbert for sure. Um, Tyreek did drop because, again, he's a 28-year-old wide receiver, and a lot of his dynasty value is that he's going to help you win a championship this year. And I still think he could, but I think he's less likely to. And so Tyreek in dynasty is now currently wide receiver 16 for me. Okay. Waddle is wide receiver 9. Jamie, would rather have Waddle than Hill in dynasty? Yes. Okay. I mean, longevity. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that'll, that'll be. I nice. mean, there are some guys in that range I think that people would definitely choose Tyreek over. And if you're a contender, you should. But I mean, Godwin's two years younger. Would you rather have Godwin or Tyreek? I'd rather have, yeah, Godwin. That's so fascinating, though, because you have a guy coming off an ACL tear with a quarterback <laughs> who's 45. I mean, right. what if it's Kyle sure. Trask the next two seasons of, of Chris Godwin's career? And we'll have to wait and find out if Kyle Trask is better or worse than Tua. 
True. True. All right, let's do your quarterback <laughs> dynasty. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do your quarterback dynasty rankings. What do you want to highlight here at quarterback? Biggest movers and shakers. I mean, the biggest mover by far is, of course, Deshaun Watson. He's up to QB8 at this time. And the thing that I wrote was, you know, if if there was no concern at all, he'd probably be fourth for me. Um, there's still a little bit of risk that the suspension is longer than we think it is or this whole thing, turn of events, goes different than we think. But I think even at QB8, he has more upside than he does downside. It, what about the fact that he went to the Browns, who haven't been a passing team? You didn't really play on a passing team in the past. Um, like, they've thrown less than the Texans did, but the Texans were always pretty run-heavy relative to league average. And I would assume Kevin Stefanski is going to throw the ball more or he's not going to be coaching the Browns for very long. <laughs> Okay, so Jamie, what did you see in Heath's rankings that you wanted to call out? We're gonna do some rank some. This is like my favorite thing too. Really, yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. just like mystery, mystery Heath call out. It's okay. fantastic. This is this is similar to uh, you know we've had this redraft conversation as well, um, where I know Heath favors Justin Fields over Trey Lance, and so I was surprised. You know, usually they're back to back. Uh, I think for a lot of people, and I think most people, I know I do. Uh, I'll speak for myself, I guess. Uh, I like Lance's upside more than I do Fields' upside. I think Fields' floor is probably safer, at least for right now. Um, but you have Fields at ten, and um, yeah, Fields at ten, and Lance at fourteen. And the one that's sort of surprising, along with this, is that you have Stafford ahead of Lance as well. And so, if I'm looking at the rec- the right rank, is it from March twenty second? Right. Yeah, um, yeah, just. Uh... That's exactly right. They are basically tied, but yes, Stafford is 13 and Lance is 14. Um, so I was surprised that you have that much separation between Fields and Lance, and then that you have Stafford at his age ahead of Lance as well as a dynasty quarterback. Because I know for me, I'd much rather, I'd like Lance better than Fields. I'd much rather have both of them than Stafford at this point if I'm looking at building a team. Yeah, I think the guy that's a spot ahead of Stafford is the guy that we are, I had to, not here on this podcast, but on Twitter, argue about was Hertz versus Lance. <laughs> Um, I, I've been low on Lance, I think since he was drafted and I just, it's mostly because we had so little to go on. Um, he played like 14 games against really low competition and then he got to San Francisco and was stuck behind Jimmy Garoppolo for basically the entire season. And Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. Now I think it's like a, 10% 10% chance that Jimmy Garoppolo starts week one. Maybe it's 15 or 20%. But I I just don't have the confidence that everyone else does that Lance is going to, be first off, be good this year. The other thing is we generally see rookie quarterbacks are not very good. Now, sometimes guys sit out most of their rookie year, and then their second year, they it's like they played their rookie year, and they're just already a second-year quarterback. And sometimes guys don't play very much their rookie year, and their second year is kind of like their rookie year. I would be concerned with Lance after – there was at least some talk that maybe not everyone in San Francisco was on board with that selection. And he was behind Garoppolo for the entire year. If he's not like good this year, if he hurts their chances to win at all, I would be worried that his future is not quite as secure. Would you consider Tua over Lance? They're back to back. So are you going to make that change? No, I, I've moved Tua up already after the trade. Okay. Um, I don't think Tua has, like, I don't think Tua necessarily has that much more certainty of being good than Lance does. And I don't think Tua has as much upside as Lance. 
All right, I'll ask one more question here. Your, your quarterback rankings right now, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, although what did you say? You're moving Allen ahead of Mahomes? No, no. that's okay. right. Still, it, it, that, everything should updated? be up to date unless okay. something happened last night that I'm unaware of, which okay. is possible. <laughs> Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. Why do you have Jackson and Kyler after Herbert but before Burrow? What is it that separates Herbert from Burrow? Herbert's been better for fantasy than Joe Burrow. Um, Herbert, I think, is probably going to throw 650 passes in a given year. I'm not sure that Burrow is going to throw as much. They're pocket passers who aren't going to do a ton with their legs. They'll do a little bit. Um, But as of right now, it looks like Herbert's in a situation where he's going to just attempt a lot more passes. Should we favor pocket passers in general over the Lamar Jacksons and Kyler Murrays in Dynasty? Do you think they have a clear edge in longevity? History would say so. I mean, so... You know, it, 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 it's so hard because, like, I think, you know, even going back to the Tyree Kill versus uh, Waddle conversation, you know, and, and I know, Heath, you do a good job of highlighting this. I don't know if a lot of other dynasty analysts do of, you know, we think of you want to have this roster for five plus years. Mm-hmm. And it's just not realistic anymore to think like that and have success. Like, you almost want to think about a two to three year window. And so what's the best thing for your, you know, two to three year success? especially a position like quarterback where it turns over so much um, with guys that can come in and play, you know, so uh, we're, we're going to get an influx of, of about five quarterbacks, this draft class that maybe two of them walk into starting jobs and it might not even be that many, but by next year, Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral and, and Ritter and, and, and these guys who may open as back Willis, they may all may open as backups at some point like Trey Lance did. And by year two, they're they're in starting positions so do you want to have that uber success of what lance might be or you know kyler has been and certainly lamar jackson has been or do you want to have that five-year success of what burrow looks like he's on pace for and you know we can sit here and say okay the injury risk burrow's already missed half a season with an acl tear you know so you can get hurt in the pocket too it's just it's not the same as as as, the risk is not the same clearly but Injuries are going to happen regardless of where you're standing on the field. And, and I think that's like, it. All, I t- another thing I talk about a lot is, are you contending or are you rebuilding? And I would probably be more interested in Burrow and Herbert on a team I was rebuilding and Jackson and Murray on a team where I was contending because I think they have a better chance of giving you 30 fantasy points a game in, in a given year where everything goes right and just being a league winner. Okay, let's uh, talk about running backs now. And... Heath, what's your big headline from your dynasty running back rankings? Well, it's that James Conner got a basically two years guaranteed. So he's going to be a running back for two more years and just adds to the glut of win now running backs that are in the top 25. I don't remember. Like we've got seven or eight now Eckler, Henry, Dalvin, Kamara, um, Aaron Jones, Fournette, Zeke. James Conner, all these guys at the start of this next season will be 27 or older. All these guys, you don't have to really even squint to imagine them being top 10 running backs this year. Um, But none of those guys should probably be on the roster of a team that's not trying to win the championship or like legitimately a contender to win the championship this year because I would assume half of those guys are going to be outside of my top 30 this time next year. 
that's just what history tells us about running backs this age. And when you look at that group, Jamie, of these 27 and older guys, you know, and again, Eckler, Henry, Cook, Connor, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Fournette, Zeke, who do you think is the safest or among the safest? Uh, <laughs> per se. You know, I think it's the, the pass catchers, you know, so Eckler and, and Aaron Jones, based on what they should be able to do. I, I, I might miss one in there. Um, Kamara, you know, maybe, but he's had Kamara. a lot of injuries lately. Yeah. So, um, and, and Connor and Fournette, just based on what we saw from them last year when they were in those roles, more so for Connor when, when uh, Edmonds was out. So, you know, that is what separates most fantasy running backs, regardless of whatever format you're talking about, you know, dynasty or redraft. But I, I, I think, you know, it's the, you're seeing it and, you know, you saw it with, with Elliot, you know, the, the, the start of the decline, um, you know, could it happen for, for Dalvin Cook? Could it happen for, you know, any of these players? Um, absolutely. You know, and, and, and Connor's had to battle some injuries. Obviously, Dalvin's played through them. So those are the things you got to be a little bit worried about. But, you know, I also think that um, when you're trying to trade them, you know, like Keith's point, if you're not a contender, when you're trying to trade them, you can't be unrealistic to what their value is. So it's 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 pretty clear you want to get a first-round pick in return for those guys, and you should be trying to get a first-round pick in return for those guys. But don't overlook taking a second-round pick and maybe a younger player that has the chance to ascend at some point. And it may not be a first-round caliber talent or a superstar caliber player, but somebody that could be good for your dynasty team in the next several years. And what I mean by that is, you know, a second round pick, hopefully a high second round pick if it's a non-snake draft, but take a second and a Rondell Moore. Take a second and a Kadarius Tony. Take a second and a, you know, it, it may not be even an Elijah Moore type of player, but take somebody that can that can obviously still be good for you with the chance to maybe be great, you know, and, and that's the type of trade you should be looking to do if you are rebuilding. Again, don't give those guys away. Try and get first round picks in return. But if you know your team is terrible and you're just holding on to one of these guys because you think that maybe this goes right or that goes right or this happens, you can be right back in it because that type of player, because like he said, they're top 10 running backs. You know, you got to be a little bit more realistic to what your dynasty roster is. I want to bring something up uh, about age. So I've noticed, I don't know, man, I'm trying so hard to find my old notes, but I seem to remember age 26 being a really good year, like kind of a peak year at running back and wide receiver. And last year, Austin Eckler, had his breakout season. And Leonard Fournette had his breakout season. And James Conner had his breakout season. Those were great examples of guys in their age 26 season being great. On the, on the other hand, Alvin Kamara had a bad year. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is breaking down. But I don't know. Is is there a peak age, Heath, that you look at at running back and, and wide receiver? I mean, not really. It's more that the peak age is as young as you can be for dynasty purposes. But... Yeah, I think that what you're saying um, when you look at the production is right. I think that I remember that research and like 28 was the cliff year, 27 yeah. was the danger year, that 26 running back, was yeah. the peak year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at wide receiver, the, the peak year is pretty close to the same. It's just that the peak lasts longer. Right. Yes, right, right. You can expect, hey, what's old for what? Well, you know what? I'll ask that when we get to wide receiver. But we, we should talk about, you know, what is old for a wide receiver. Uh, Jamie, what stood out in Heath's rankings to you at, at Dynasty running back? 
Uh, it wasn't much. I agree with a lot of it, but it was uh, Michael Carter over Cam Akers. Um, you know, for again, you know, going back to your point about carryover coach to coach, um, it seems as if the Jets want to have a committee backfield similar to what the 49ers ran. And, you know, hopefully the, the best guy stands out for a period of time. But, you know, Carter had some great moments, as we talked about a lot, you know, when it wasn't Zach Wilson under center and was part of a committee when he came back from, I believe, it was an ankle injury uh, at the end of the season. And so is his situation better than what Aker's situation can be, given the fact that they're the same age? I don't know what the month difference is, but I, you know, I know they're right. both 23. Um, I would assume Aker's probably a little bit older, but, you know, we're talking, you know, days. So the lead running back for the Rams, if he's back to what he could be, you know, coming off that Achilles tear. But, you know, I, I think, you know, we spent a lot of time in the, in the postseason and, and the few weeks after the, the, the Super Bowl about Akers yards per carry and, you know, lack of maybe explosiveness. He had no training camp. <laughs> you know, he was basically, oh, you're healthy. OK, go. You know, you're better than Sony Michelle. Go. And I don't know how fair that was to him conditioning wise, health wise, all those things. And so now he's got a full off season to train, get himself back, you know, get to hopefully the point he was last off season before the Achilles tear. To me, I would buy more into, especially at the same age, the Rams lead rusher and what his pedigree was versus what Michael Carter's pedigree is. And, and I'm not saying that Carter should be significantly behind Acres. They should be very close. I would just take the upside of Acres over Carter. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, well, first off, I was pretty encouraged that Tevin Coleman was brought back by the Jets because I I was a little more worried there would be someone more significant of competition. So I I took that as a little boost for Carter. But then the other thing is I think I'm just being a little bit more cautious with Acres, um, because he wasn't. And Jamie's right, he wasn't himself, and it's not fair to have expected him to be himself. And I'm not even so sure that the Rams were right that he was better than Sony Michelle in the state that he was in, but it worked out okay for him. Um. I get a little bit spooked since Daryl Henderson is the guy who is going to be in this, I think, going to be in this backfield with Akers this year, the way he was used in the passing game in the Super Bowl. And they haven't really used running backs that much in the passing game over, over the past two years. So I think I'm just a little cautious on Akers right now. Okay. Well, let's find out who he likes and maybe is cautious on it. Wide receiver. We're going to take a break on fantasy football today, finish up our dynasty discussion, and we have plenty of your dynasty emails to read, so stay tuned for that. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. We'll be right back with wide receiver. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. Heath, how old is too old for wide receivers? Oh, uh, there's we don't. I get worried at 30. Um, I start disc I mean, I discount a little bit at 29 just because it's within the three-year window. I think though, we've seen elite wide receivers can be good all the way through, you know, 32, 33. So it's possible, but I I start getting worried and discounting around that 29 or 30 age. Okay. So who are you getting worried about right now? Well, like I I have I mean, this is not really relevant to a recent change, but DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen are both guys who could be top twelve wide receivers who are not top twenty four wide receivers for me right now in terms of dynasty. Um, if you're talking about guys who have moved, I don't know that anybody really dropped more than Tyreek amongst the high-end guys, but Tyler Lockett, 29 years old, and lost Russell Wilson. Um, he was wide receiver 30 at, before that trade. I've, he dropped down to wide receiver 39, and the, and the guy right behind him is a 26-year-old, but kind of looks like he's 30, uh, Hunter Renfro, <laughs> who I think really <laughs> That's messed up. I am worried because Renfro's got one year left on his contract with the Raiders. This is a contract year for him. And he's going to be third, the third option for Derek Carr. I don't know what his future holds if he's just going to be a, a kind of a flexish type fantasy player now. By the way, your number three wide receiver is 29. <laughs> How do you that feel about correct. Cooper Cup at number three? Uh, that can't be comfortable. He was number five, I think, or six. Um at the beginning of this five and then Tyreek and Devonte both fell below him. And so uh, you were just with DK following the, the loss of Russ. DK is currently at eighth. He's been fifth or sixth for most of the past year. So what caliber of quarterback will help him for the next couple of seasons? Cause it's, I can't imagine you, you're excited about drew lock and the potential of what that looks like. No, and that's the thing, and, and I might just have to settle on Drew Locke. I've kind of still held on to the hope that they're going to get Baker or someone who's closer to league average. And so that ranking, if it if they start week one with Drew Locke, it's probably going to be even lower than eight. Um, I would be happy with a league average quarterback for DK, and I would leave him at that eight range. It would have to be somebody closer to uh, the Russ end of things for him to move much higher, although... Like we talk about it, Cup and Adams are both 29, and they're both ahead of DK right now. Um, one of those guys could just fall behind him, and he could move up as well. All right, here's the top 12 in Dynasty for Heath at wide receiver. These are PPR Dynasty rankings. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams. That's six. Seven is T. Higgins. Eight, Metcalf. Nine, Waddle. Ten, Stephon Diggs. 11, Debo Samuel, 12, Chris Godwin. Jamie, was there anything else that stood out to you, or was it the Metcalf thing? No, no, no. The, the question I had was um, just in regards to his age and, and certainly now the potential upside is Jerry Judy at 21. Uh, that, that one stood out to me a little bit because I, I think no matter how you view Jerry Judy, you have to be excited about this move because now he has a competent quarterback that will do whatever it is is whatever that whatever Russell Wilson's able to do to to make Jerry Judy better. And so for a guy that came into the league with a ton of potential and has battled obviously, you know, the injury last year with the ankle problem, uh but I think mostly, you know, you can, you know, chalk up his poor performance to, you know, quarterback 
And the hope would be Russ and Nathaniel Hackett in that system unleashes Jerry Judy. Uh, he's somebody that I would certainly buy stock. And if somebody was selling him at that price, I'd be buying. Yeah, this might just be a, a lack of ima imagination on my part, but I'm like the two years in the lack of performance and there's reasons for it. It's quarterback play, it's ankle, it's Drew Locke um, and Rush should help. But I'm I'm not sold on who's going to be the number one for Wilson. And I, if he's number two behind Sutton in terms of pecking order, then I'm not sure that I would move him up that much. But I, I what was one of the things that I wrote when I was doing the wide receiver, talking about the movers, because he did move up a little bit. And this is about the highest he's been for me this year. Um, he He is someone I would not be surprised a month into the season if he was top 12. I'm just going to need to see a, a little bit of production to justify that. No, it, it makes total sense. You know, it just I, I like I would always lean toward pedigree and potential. You know, when when looking at this based on you know some of the age scenarios, and he could certainly be the the type of receiver. You know, I always look at third year guys and what allows them to make that leap. And you know, clearly a lot of it is factored into the periphery stuff. Because, you know, what 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 has changed, you know, over the first couple of seasons? Are they building towards something or did something, you know, obviously change? And, and for this, it's clearly, um, okay, There's it's, it's like we talk about Tua. There's no more excuses. You know, this, this is, you've gotten what you want right now. I, I know there's talent around you all over the place. Sutton's a talented guy. Patrick's, you know, proven to be better than what his initial, you know, uh, perception was coming into the league. Um, Alberto, Javante, William, whatever you want to say. I mean, you were pegged to be the leader of this receiving core. Now go out and prove it. Yeah, and you know, actually, I think we're talking about Jerry Judy, who's now 21st in Heat's dynasty rankings. Personally, I, I would say that Cortland Sutton at 36 feels a little low. Low as well, yeah. I, I think, I think in, you know, you said you go out and get Judy based on the value. To me, I, I think Sutton is uh, lower relative to where he should be than Judy is, personally. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting to compare him to like Mike Williams. Um, because Williams is a year older. I don't, I think Williams probably, he has a better quarterback situation because Herbert's so much younger. Um, right. But for the life of when you're going to be caring about Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams, I don't know that there, that maybe there's an edge. the same quarterback situation. Mm, well, you figure I, I Russ is there for three years. I, well, Russell's, he's sorry, he's never going to put up the, gaudy passing stats in terms of yards, right? That that Herbert will, I assume. He's I mean I don't think he's ever thrown for more than like forty one hundred yards. Yeah, but so he doesn't have to beat Carroll holding him back. I maybe, yeah, but the, I still the, think the like gap, the gap will close this year. Raw numbers probably favor Herbert, but, but I don't think it's that big of a difference, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with you though. I think the thing about you know Sutton is you're looking at what's the next three years, like if you want to just compare the two, because uh, I believe Williams will be thirty by then, right? It's twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, well, the next three years, this is his age twenty, so he'll be twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Okay. Yeah. So approaching that 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 spot of breakdown, Sutton's not far off, right? Twenty-six. Yep. So similar range. Uh, I'm going to guess you're getting peak Russ for what he's at right now for two years, maybe, hopefully three. And William signed a three-year deal. I can't imagine he's outliving that contract, you know, as, as he gets older, because he'll start to probably regress. So I would take Sutton. But, um, you know, it's again, it's Heath, Heath is right. It's an unknown. We just don't know. Um, the Broncos made the investment before they knew the quarterback, you know, so they signed these guys with the hope of 
we're going to get the guy in place and that's going to be the, the guy that unleashes you. So um, I know from speaking to Sutton, <laughs> he's, he's, he's excited about it. He saw the video as he referenced, uh, you know, they're already working out together. Um, Nathaniel Hackett is, I, I assume based on his comments and, and what Sutton told me going to allow them to throw the ball and, and not be so heavy uh, on, on the run, like Russell's been stuck with. So you know, there, there's reason for optimism there. So, I, yeah, I, I'm with you, Adam. I'd be buying Sutton at that price also. Court, more like court ascend. Sutton. Exactly. Right, yes. Okay, let's go to our tight ends now. Heath, tell me the storyline at tight end. The biggest mover by far is Alberto. Um, He's moved into my top 12. I got him at 12th at tight end. But I'm going to do the thing that I always make fun of other people for doing, and it's that, Good grief. When you look at it from a dynasty perspective, there are a lot of tight ends that you could talk yourself into. We've got like eight good starters. We've got six young upside guys who could turn into good starters. We've probably got Gronk and Ertz as as guys that could be top five this year, but don't have a lot of value. And then you've got that whole group of Dawson Knox and Tyler Higby and David Njoku and Evan Ingram who who could are maybes with the right opportunity. Um, I would I would make fun of myself for, or anyone else for saying this, but tight end looks kind of deep. I'm gonna make, we can make fun of you then. <laughs> We're going to have to make fun of that. Uh, well, I mean, I, and I think it's, I don't just don't really understand. I guess I understand a little bit, but really, Alberto, I, I, this has been every freaking year. Oh, let's get Will Disley and Gerald Everett. And the only guy who's ever been good has been Jimmy Graham. With Russell Wilson, and I don't think they had two, two bona fide wide receivers when Jimmy Grant. Maybe it was like the end of Baldwin, the beginning of Lockett. But Russell Wilson has again; he could throw more, but he's never given us three good options. And if we like Tim Patrick, I don't know. I, I just don't see it with Alberto. I I think the hype is getting out of control. I, I, it, it it's certainly a fair question, you know. And and the the two names you brought up. I mean, Disley was off to an amazing start, and then got hurt and missed the rest of the season or the majority of the season. And Everett, finally, at the end of the season, started to put up numbers that would put him in the conversation of being a starting fantasy tight end, which is where Alberto is. The, the group of tight ends, and this is more redraft than dynasty, the group of tight ends, once you get past probably like Ertz, you know, um, maybe Fryermuth, it's so jumbled of guys who could be amazing. Najoku now could be amazing. Evan Ingram could be good, finally. Um, Gusecki. You know, Alberto Fant, we don't know what, what's going to happen in, in Seattle and what the, the quarterback change and system change could do there for him. You know, so there's all those those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out probably, you know, a handful of guys as well. Um, I, I think the thing that you're hoping for with, with you know, Alberto is that with Fant out of the way and now quarterback change and, and a coach change, that he can finally, you know, take advantage of maybe some of the situations that Fant teased us with a little bit. So... I'd buy into it. I'd certainly, you know, be looking to acquire him cheap, but trying to acquire him. You know, I wouldn't overpay for him. Um, like I'm, I'm in one league where it's a one quarterback league, but the Alberto manager has a, a plethora of tight ends. And I, I offered a, a backup quarterback and a pick for, for him to see if, if they would make that move. And, and, and the quarterback that this manager has isn't exactly a, a, a slam dunk number one. So, you know, just trying to see uh, it's, it's worth, it's worth, you know, peeking around to see if that manager is going to be selling at this point. Also, I think the the whole, like what we were talking about with the let Russ cook and Pete Carroll holding him back has to play in here. Everett had 
basically four and a half targets per game last year on a team that threw 495 passes. League median for pass attempts last year was 596. So that would be, a, if, he, if, if Albert O just had the same target share as Gerald Everett and the Broncos do let Russell Wilson throw like the average quarterback in the NFL does, then that is a possibly startable role. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I mean, I completely agree. I just, to get excited about a possibly startable role, that's, I think that's where it's like, I'm not really jazzed about the streaming, the late round picks, 10 through whatever at tight end. I just, I don't think they're, they're going to have a major impact. I think, yeah, you could get a nice season out of them, but uh, nothing that's really going to fire me If you're 23 up. or 24 years old, and I and I think I can get a nice season out of you, I'm pretty excited about you at tight end. Kyle Pitts is the number what overall, all positions. Kyle Pitts is where? Um, I'm not getting Kyle Pitts in startups right now as the situation stands. He's still my number one overall tight end, but I, I'm i not taking him in the first two rounds. Um, what? And I'm not, I'm not certain that he's going to be better than Mark Andrews over the next three years. I think it's basically a coin flip who should be the number one tight end in Dynasty between him and Andrews. I was going to say he should be the number two pick in Dynasty drafts. <laughs> oh, if I, I think your you your mind is stuck back in the Deshaun Watson is coming to Atlanta moment. No, like, I, when that was happening, that was a possibility, and he did go number three in like one of our startups earlier this year. So, all right, Jamie, how 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 bat how bat poop crazy am I right now? <laughs> to take him too? Yeah, behind I would go chase one, and then probably Pitts too. Pitts over. Yeah, Jefferson. I would take Jefferson over him. Yeah, I mean, um, that's fine. Uh, that's totally fine. I think Taylor ahead of him is fine. I, you know, I think he's got to yeah, be in the top six. Yeah, I would probably take Najee over him too. I, I think it's – he's a first-round pick, but I, I don't know if I would take him in the top five. I don't know if I'd take him too. I think maybe I got a little excited there. But top, <laughs> top five or six, I think, for sure. He's 21. And the other thing is the tight end position's getting a little old. You know, Kelsey's 32, Kittle's 28, Waller's 29. So I who, don't know how much time they have left. Um, Hawkinson is your is your tight end five, and he's just he hasn't really done much. I I am hopeful for him, but he, you know he hasn't really done that Neither much. Teams. So well, Pitts and, could just be Pitts could be Kelsey. You know Kelsey's been what tight end one five or six years in a row. Like, Pitts could do that now at um, twenty twenty one. <laughs> yes, he could. I don't know that he could do that now. I don't believe that. But I asked, not, but I asked the question, like, Kyle Pitts had a fantastic, amazing, awesome rookie year. I still don't know that he's going to be better than number six or five or six tight end this year. Yeah. And I, so I don't, like, at what point does that stretch of number one tight end begin when all the other guys that have been elite are not being elite anymore? Well, I mean, for Kelsey, it started at what, 24? Uh, 26, I think. Well, maybe 25. He's 32 now. Going into his age 32 season. Right. So he ended at 31 because he wasn't number one last year. So 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. It was a five-year run or six? I think five. I think he was number one five years in a row. And last year he was number what? Two? Two. So 27 through 31 is when he was uh, number one five years in a row. Right. And so yeah, go it ahead. took him a while to get started. <laughs> but once once he got started, he was amazing. Now, Gronk, on the other hand, got started pretty young. Um, his second season in the league, he was amazing from that point forward. So, you know, look, Pitts is such a, a a question mark now because, you know, who's his quarterback? I hope the Falcons go out and draft somebody and that 
player is amazing for the next 10 years and Pitts is amazing for the next 10 years. Uh, Mario does a wild card. You know, we've, we've said, you know, some of his metrics thrown to tight ends and, and slot receivers isn't great. Uh, but he had the great season with our good season with Delaney Walker. And he was amazing in the one game with Darren Waller when he took over for Derek Carr two years ago. So which, which quarterback is he? You know, I, I can't imagine you're looking at this receiving core and saying, I'm going to throw to that guy or that guy because that's what they have right now, <laughs> um, as opposed to Kyle Pitts. So, you know, is, is Kyle Pitts getting 180 targets? Maybe. If he gets 180 targets, he's going to be amazing. I'll tell you one thing. He's, Marcus Mariota is probably not going to be the quarterback in 2023. So I could see this uh, year. That would be a huge surprise. Why? He's basically, he's basically on a one-year deal. They're right. c- clearly tanking. I mean, they're going to be terrible. And they will have a ton of unless I'm unless they don't have their 2023 first round pick, which I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, they're going to have a top five pick. They could have the number one pick. I mean, they're drafting someone. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I, I want to go back. I, I don't disagree with the idea that Pitts could be the number one tight end for the next five years. I just think that Mark Andrews could be too. Could be number two. Yeah, I agree. Behind Pitts. no, could yeah. be number <laughs> I mean, like he was last year. This could be year two of the yeah. five year run. All right, so let me uh, let me read some emails here. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. I mean, I spent all this research and you don't uh, want to I'm know I'm sorry, my we're an hour in. I haven't read an email. All right, go ahead. That's fine. People stick around. Dynasty listeners, man, like they're in it for the long haul. So they'll listen to a long episode. What's your what's your beef with Heath? Um, it, it's very bear centric. <laughs> so Cole Komet at 10 uh, over Pat Fryermuth at 11. So I know you like Fields. Komet has obviously done nothing so far. I'm, I'm, and I, I like Cole Komet. I think he's got a chance to be, be good, but he's got to show something finally. Uh, versus Fryermuth, who's coming off a decent season, and may get a quarterback upgrade if Trubisky's better than Roethlisberger, which you know I think will be the case. Yeah, I think like right now I can see. In fact, I almost expect Komet's going to be second on the Bears in targets. Um, I think Fryermuth's going to be probably fourth on the Steelers and targets and so much like basically what Fryermuth did last year was score a bunch of touchdowns and Cole Komet scored zero. He was uh, even unluckier than Kyle Pitts. So I just expect Komet fields to grow together. And I think Komet could be a top 12 tight end for, for a long time. I don't really buy it with Fryer. I think I'm, it's more that I'm high on Komet and low on Fryermuth both. Read emails now. Uh, sure. Let's do it. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. This is from Cassidy. I was hoping Heath could clear up Dynasty from this perspective. There's less distinction between win now versus rebuilding than we once thought. I want your opinion and Heath's and Jamie's. I guess he wrote this just to me. Uh, last year, I didn't have a great team, but I ended up second in a 16-team league because I picked up Rashad Penny late. So win now. That's always an option, and I hope you can speak on that. Uh, that is a philosophy. Um, I generally try to really, and, and it's different in different leagues as well. Um, like in our dynasty league, it's, you have to really work at it to go get a high draft pick. And it is possible to reach the playoffs in any year, but we've got three or four monster teams and I don't really feel like it's possible to win the championship or very likely. So my personal philosophy is like, if that gap's small, then I'm doing it wrong. I want it to be clear and obvious that I'm either contending or I'm not. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a difference, right, between making the playoffs and and winning the league because you do get those those monster teams. And it matters a lot more in leagues where there's a bye versus where there's not or how many teams make the playoffs. 
as well. The next email is from Matt in Ontario, or Matt in Gulf, G-U-E-L-P-H, Ontario. Sure. Dear Purge, Slosh, and Renew. Heath, Purge, Slosh, and Renew? Yeah, come on. Those are recent wordles. Oh, okay. Very good hurdle today, by the way. And I've not not played hurdle yet. Yeah, hurdle's fine. And I've been tipped off to loodle, which is disgusting. It's lewd words, and it's really (laughs) just awful. Uh, I got way too excited. So from Matt says, I got way too excited with the Tyreek Hill news, and I traded for Juju in two of my dynasty leagues. I overpaid, and I have buyer's remorse. This is always a great strategy. Just get really excited and make an immediate trade. Let's see what he did. Dynasty one, I got Juju for Elijah Moore and Gus Edwards. I am the Mahomes manager, and I love the stack. So let's grade that. He gave up Elijah Moore and Gus Edwards for Juju. If Juju is the one in the offense at the receiver position, so it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling and a rookie, let's say that they bring in and the rookie's a day three pick, then I give it a C. But if they add somebody of significance, it's an F. I think Elijah Moore's long-term situation feels better than Juju's. I think I'd give it a D right now. Um, The positive spin of it, and I've kept my past rankings um, on the left side just so I can make fun of myself. (laughs) But Juju was my wide receiver 14 back in September of 2021, and Elijah Moore is my wide receiver 15. So if Juju can get in the time machine... (laughs) Good trade. I mean, there's like I think you lost the trade and you paid too much. But it, like Jamie said, if Juju is the one, I think he's gonna be better than more this year. All right, in a dynasty rebuild team, and remember, Juju's only 25. Everybody, so he's still in his prime. Uh, he traded Matt traded Nick Chubb and a 2023 second round pick for Juju Smith-Schuster rebuilding. Why'd you have to give Nick up the Chubb pick? and a pick? Yeah, why'd you have to give up the second round pick? That's what I don't understand. That's an F. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That's, that's really not a good job. <laughs> if you're rebuilding and, and you trade Juju for Ch- for Juju, no, sorry, Juju for Chubb. No, you trade Chubb for Juju. That's what it is. You give up Chubb for Juju. What, what would that be? An F. Okay. Uh, from Garrett. Wait. Okay, so he acquired. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was it was a bad job. <laughs> I was trying to find some way to like it. All right, from Garrett, 12-team half PPR Dynasty League, I was offered DJ Moore for Amari Cooper. Would you rather have DJ Moore or Amari Cooper now? DJ Moore. Uh, We don't know contending or not contending, right? Mm, No. Uh, Man, I hope the Panthers fix their quarterback situation. I'd probably rather have Cooper. All right, this is from... This email is so funny because he says, please don't use my real name. My league mates listen to your show. You can call me Bobby from New Jersey. But then he gives away so many details that it's just going to be so obvious who he is. (laughs) 12-team, half PPR, salary cap league, three wide receivers, two flex, and a $200 cap. The Cadillac of fantasy leagues. And then parentheses, realizing now this is a dead giveaway. All right, he has A.J. Brown, McLaurin, and Sutton in the final years of their contracts. A.J. Brown, McLaurin, and Sutton, one year left in their contract. He is considering trading pick 1.6 for Michael Pittman. He'd have Pittman on a three-year deal as opposed to six years of control for pick 1.6. He also has pick 112. 
So three years of Pittman or six years of maybe Traylon Burks or Jamison Williams or Drake London or whoever, whoever I get. What would you rather have? Pick 1.6 or three years of Pittman. And Pittman would be cheaper, by the way. Not much, much cheaper, but cheaper than the 1.6 contract. I think because you have those three receivers for this season, I would rather take 1.6 and see who I get. Yeah, all contract stuff aside, I've got Pittman basically worth a late first-round pick this year. So I would rather have the pick than Pittman without the contract stuff. And I think, I mean, I don't really know, but I think the fact that it's a six-year contract as opposed to a three makes up for the fact that the sixth pick is more expensive. This is, you read the read the format again? Yeah, the Cadillac of Fantasy Leagues. It's 12-team, half PPR salary cap, three receivers, two flex, and a $200 budget. So most likely, the first five picks... Doubt there's a quarterback since it's not a super flex or two QB league. So you're looking at maybe two running backs, three receivers, right? Two and three of one of one, two and two or three of the other, right? Right. So you're looking at maybe at best the third receiver in the class, the fourth receiver in the class. He's gonna so, be a first round pick. Huh? He'll be a first round pick in the NFL draft. Well, unless it's a running back. Most likely. You know, right. The receiver would be. Yeah. Right. So the question becomes is do you want the Colts presumed number one receiver for the next three years or potentially, you know, you're probably, I'm going to guess just, you know, right now, the way people are talking, if the Chiefs draft the guy in the first round, if the Packers draft the guy in the first round, those are going to be two of the first five overall picks in most rookie leagues. And then it's a matter of, you know, do the Falcons invest in the receiver, do the, I don't know, uh, Cardinals maybe invest in a receiver, you know, something along those lines, you know, so who are you looking at that's going to make your dynasty roster better long-term? Uh, to me, I would, I would hold the sixth pick. All right, this is from Brian. Dynasty Superflex, half PPR. Would Cam Akers for Cortland Sutton be crazy? He's not really sold on Akers. What do you think? Again, it's Dynasty Superflex, half PPR. Um, I think I was lower than you guys on both of these guys, but I would need a an early second round pick attached to the Sutton side to make that even. Sutton certainly has more to prove, even with Akers coming off the Achilles, because he did have the one good season, then tore his ACL, and now is part of a crowded receiving core. So, but I do think though, if your receiving core is in trouble and your running back situation is okay you are buying into the position that has more longevity. So it's not it's not bad as it stands right now. But I think, yeah, Heath is right. If you can get something a little bit more with it, then try and do it. I don't know if I'd necessarily have, you know, be stuck on only a second. Like a third might get it done. Uh, this is from, it doesn't matter what my name is, LOL. I'll remain anonymous. 12-team dynasty, 1QB, half PPR league. I have Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick. But I'm considering hedging my bets and uh, going to trade for no, it's not at all. Going to trade for Jerry Judy as well. That is definitely not. Due to the salary situation, I would offer the Kyler Murray manager my DeAndre Hopkins at thirty dollars for his Jerry Judy at eleven dollars. Would you do it? Would you trade? I would Hop- rather have Jerry Judy than DeAndre Hopkins at the same price. So yeah, okay. I would do that all day. Okay, agree. Okay, how about? From Matt, 
grade the trade. And he says, hey, Robert, Tyler, Josh, and Lamar. Uh, those were Ravens quarterbacks? Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There you go. From Matt, uh, half PBR Dynasty League, it is super flex. Give up Mixon, 1.8 and 2.8 for Watson and Gainwell. Mixon, 1.8 and 2.8 for Watson and Gainwell in a half PPR Dynasty super flex league. <sighs> I think Mixon and 1.8 should be able to get it done. Seems like a little too much. Yeah. Okay, but it's obviously not so, so bad because it's hard to get a guy like Deshaun Watson in, in a super flex league. I would like it a lot more if you're rebuilding, but then you're giving up 1.8 and 2.8, and I don't really. So that's the, I don't know when I would like that deal. So 1-8 in a super flex league, because this is such a weird quarterback class because there's not a slam dunk. Right. This guy's going top blank pick. So, you know, is how far does Malik Willis slide if he doesn't get selected early in the first round? How much does, you know, Ritter have value? How much does Corral or Pickett have value, you know, depending on where they go? Any of these guys. So you might end up getting the second best quarterback in the class at, at eight. All right, this is from Jake. Dear Taze, Kyler, Jamal, Josh, and Fabian. There's no way you guys would know that. I didn't know it either. It is the Houston Cougars college basketball team. Uh, I would prefer Heath's advice, but I guess I would settle for Adam's take as well. well what a great way to start the year. <laughs> I'm in a 10-team, 1QB, PPR Dynasty League. Two wide receivers, two running backs, two flex. I'm on a run of four straight playoff appearances with zero titles to show for it. My team can still win now, but some of my foundational pieces are up there in age. I do have some young core players for the future. I'm itching to make a trade. All right, but I can't decide if I should go all in or sell some blah, 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 blah. I've recently drawn up the following trade, and I would appreciate your thoughts. Give up David Montgomery, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jerry Judy, and a 2023 first-round pick. Montgomery, Juju, Judy, and a 2023 first. Get Kelsey, Devontae Adams, and a 2024 second-round pick. What do you think? I'll say it again because it's a lot for the listeners. Montgomery, Juju, Judy, 2023 first. For Kelsey, Devontae Adams, and 2024 second. Man, I think if you don't win the league this year, you're going to hate yourself for the rest of the time that you're in this league. It's a 10-team league. I don't know if that matters at all. It definitely matters. I still make the deal. Okay, make the deal. If you're going to go all in, just go, like, yeah. He says make the the deal and and hate yourself. Uh, This is from Dave and Flint. I went RB heavy last year in last year's rookie draft. I have Montgomery, Mixon, Swift, Dylan, Akers, Gainwell, ETN, Khalil Herbert. But I'm weak at quarterback. I have Tannehill and Justin Fields. Wide receiver is A.J. Brown, Pittman, Lockett, Gabe Davis, Gallup, Hardman. I have Goddard and Pitts set at tight end. Very weak at quarterback, though. It's Well, unless Fields takes off. I have picks 1.1, 2.1, 2.2, 3.5, 4.5, 5.5, 3.1, Seven picks in total. Okay. Anyway, who should I take with my first pick? A wide receiver or a running back? And he's, I could have simplified this email. Just, he's 
pretty You're damn good. At running back. He's loaded at running back, and he need, could use help at wide receiver. Who would you take with the first pick? Chiefs wide receiver in round one. Packers wide receiver in round one. Yeah. I mean, but, but I've asked this before on separate shows. Do you just take the best player and then make a trade? Isn't that a better way to get I, a, a guy that you want? I would probably try to make the trade before. Hope somebody really loves Brees Hall and see if you could turn him into a stud wide receiver. I mean, it seems like, like the running backs and tight ends are kind of win now. I would also probably see if you can, especially since you're weak at quarterback, maybe try and take one of those running backs and get another pick in the first round or package a pick in one of those running backs to get back in the first round, especially since it's not a super flex or two QB league, and maybe try and take a quarterback in the back end of the first round. Thank you, Dave, for your email. Thank you, everybody, for your emails. And to Jamie and Heath for hanging out for an hour and 15 minutes. Appreciate the long episode. Hope this was enjoyable for all of you Dynasty diehards. We'll be back on Monday with Mock Draft Monday. I'm going to guess no big breaking news over the weekend. I just, I feel like we're done. I feel like we're, we're in a bit of a lull. The next week is the owners meetings. So there'll probably be one or two things that happen then. Will any of the owners get traded? Can you do that? Um, don't think so. Okay, we'll have to see. We can ask. Uh, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.